It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome to Done Being Single. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. How do I trust that what you just said was true? Is it really nice being here? That's a great question. That's a great question. I, you, you know just what? making small talk? But what did me? I do when I answered you? What did I do? What was my body language? What did I do? You had your hands are on your lap, and you didn't, I, you didn't really make any kind of gesture to make me think I should be suspicious of you. But you know what? I'm suspicious. I put my head down when I answered you. What does that mean? Hmm. Should we be suspicious? I think there are certain tells. Okay, but, you know, we live in a society now where we can't help but be confronted with things that make us question, hmm, and a lot of it has to do with the fuckhead in the Oval Office. Okay. Well, it really, it does, but you know what it has more to do with? What? Uh, Technology. Technology denying? computers, hiding behind screens. Yeah, but okay. But you, you also have to know what is true what is right day is day night is night yes black is black white is white yes black is black i I want want my my baby baby back back. well i think what you're saying is that there is so much room for misinformation and subterfuge and misunderstanding and line cheating what's the saying It's hard out there for a pimp? Yes. It's hard out there for an honest person to be honest Mm -hmm. and to live an honest life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we're just confronted with... Mm -hmm. Fake news. Dishonesty and fake news. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not fake, Mm -hmm. it may not be what somebody wants to hear. It may not be what they believe in, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it fake. No, we're right up in the thick of election hell and... And sneaky politicians, and what can you believe, and but this is, what's truth, what's not truth. It's a horrible thing that we have been now forced to live our lives in the, in the midst of this, because I don't remember being this way eight years ago, no. ten years ago. It, it makes everything, it makes you feel like everything is suspicious. Yes. There is subterfuge, there is... An agenda somewhere hidden that yeah. we may not know well, about, and whether or not it's true, there's a little bit of us that now feels like, should I trust this person? Mm-hmm. And obviously, we have a show that is geared for dating and relationships, so there is something to be said about <laughs> about who to trust when yes. you're dating. Yes. Now, I'm not going to say, look, there's, there's shady people from the beginning of time. So yes, this is are. not a new phenomenon. But I, I'll say that online dating, wow, 
Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be a straight shooter today if you're online dating. And that's because there are people out there that are going to take advantage of honest people. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. So there is there's stuff to look out for even before you meet someone. There are red flags. Right. And and then when you meet them, oh my gosh, there's a whole other set of red flags. So there is an agenda on people that are preying upon honest people or just good people. And for them, it probably involves the first step, and that is the introduction online. And then it gets to the next level where you're going to meet them. And are they just players? Is that what they are? Or are they real gamers to the point? I don't know. People are good. They're very slick, man. But but what happens is that it's it's not just in dating. Obviously... But it also pertains in business where there are people preying upon people oh my God, right? to do things. We are trying to sell we're a in the car. We're of it right now. My mother-in-law has a beautiful classic Mercedes car and we're trying to sell 450 it. 450 SL. Anybody's interested, <laughs> it's in mint condition. Hopefully Original by the time this owner, airs, it will not be available. Accident free. Okay. Beautiful interior. All right. So, but the point is that we got some calls from people saying, I want the car. I'll pay you the exact price. What's your PayPal account number? Yeah. Uh, what? Scam, uh, it's, scam, so, Rama. Yeah, but uh, I was suspicious and my radar was way up on this. And uh, as soon as I re-edited the post and said, no PayPal, no checks, cash only, no right, foreign right. buyers. The phone stopped ringing. The phone stopped ringing and the email stopped coming. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. I don't know why they adhere to those things. But I was getting uh, emails from service people in Afghanistan saying they want the car. And Yeah, I, you know, oh, it's watch like, those service people. What They're the all heck? over Facebook sending you friend requests. So this just adds to the suspicious nature of what we are talking about in everything we're doing. So, of course, honey, when you said you're happy to be here and, you know, all this, of course I trust you. Ah, oh, I mean, I am so happy to be here. And I'm, I'm this particular episode I'm super happy to do because... I do believe that there are ways, better ways that we can trust each other and things to look out for. And and our guest today is kind of the expert on it. Well, that's a wonderful thing to have. And on I think the that subject. single people could use a little hand, you know, like a little leg up in learning how to vet and assess and evaluate who they're dealing with. And, and I think what happens is that when you get out of something that you were suspicious of, and it turns out that you had every right to be suspicious of that, it affects you. It taints you for the next relationship. Yeah. And it really can affect how you are with a new person. And it's not that new person's fault that you are now a little jaded, but it forces you to mm-hmm. withdraw mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. and not be as open as you might have right. been. It's kind of PTSD. Before. So you get traumatized. We you get need hurt. to so this is a new part of navigating the online dating world and how to meet people today in, in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. And how does this work today? Is it is it different? And should we change ourselves because of this? And how do we maintain the integrity that we have within us in light of being confronted with all this yeah. suspicious it's kind activity? Of a, it's a shame. It's really a shame. You've got to be on the lookout, but you also can't be so hardened or jaded or so cynical that that it paralyzes you. 
I mean, I've been, for as smart as I like to think I am and, you know, aware, I've been had. I've been taken. Yeah. I remember I had, I met a guy uh, online in 2003, and he was a an emergency room doctor. And he was, he really was, but had sort of transitioned into acting. So <laughs> I guess that was my first... You sure Red he wasn't flag. an actor on ER? No, no, he wasn't a TV doctor. He was a doctor who wanted to be on TV. And he was so sincere. And the package was good. And he seemed like a nice, warm, Hamish, honest guy. He was just so genuine, right? Until he wasn't. And I bought it. I bought it. Yeah, exactly. And I bought it. You know, it happens. It happens for even the the best, the smartest of us that think we're hip, you know, we're it hip does. to it. But I knew that experience taught me something, that anybody that comes on too strong, too fast, makes over promises, will for sure under-deliver. It's just the way it is. So you have every right to be suspicious when somebody comes on that strong, that fast. Oh, God, it, yes. And that and does it, happen. Now, does it happen in a genuine manner sometimes because somebody meets you and they can't help but fall in love with you, of course, and they want you and they don't want you to date anybody else and I really want you to know how much I care about you right now, but maybe I have to hold back. I can't let you know my true feelings, but I then again, it, I want you to know. I think that people, we've talked about this, online dating behaviors, you know, we, I think we just did, you know, along with benching, breadcrumbing, gaslighting, ghosting. There's one of my least favorites, which is love bombing. What's that about? Love bombing is when someone comes on too strong too fast and promises you the world and starts saying they want to take care of you or they love oh, you right. too fast or yeah. you're my girlfriend, you're my boyfriend. Smothering I'm taking you. myself offline now. You're it. Oh. Uh, uh, yes. So First that, date, let's get rid of our profiles. Yeah, that makes me really nervous. I would think it so. It just makes me super nervous. But again, I just want to say that even you could be married to someone. You could, you know, you never, do you really ever know anyone? You know, it kind of begs the question. Do you ever really know? You don't. There are no guarantees. There are none. You could marry someone and then years, years into it, I don't know. Get the fuck out right now. Some people do that after years of being married or having a business partner that they thought they could trust. Here's the bottom line. you got to live in the faith. I'm getting to the end of going like backwards here because this episode really is about trust and faith. And if you don't have faith, man, how are you going to leave the house? You can't do anything. I Correct. Well, this is what we are going to tackle today. And I think it's a valuable subject. And who is our guest today? Robin Drake. Great. Robin Drake is a best-selling author, professional speaker, trainer, facilitator, and retired FBI special agent and chief of the Counterintelligence Behavioral Analysis Program. Robin has taken his life's work of recruiting spies and broken down the art of leadership, communication, and relationship building into five steps to trust and six signs of who you can trust. Since 2010, Robin has been working with large corporations as well 
well as small companies in every aspect of their business. Whether it is newly promoted leaders, executives, sales teams, or customer relations, Robin has crafted his people formula for quick results and maximum success. Robin Drake, welcome to Doug Main Circle. Welcome, Robin. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, it is such an honor and very exciting to be with both of you today, so I appreciate you having me on. It's mutual. It is so mutual. So, okay, I'm just going to repeat here a little bit. You are a military leader, behavioral analysis expert, but your work as a spy catcher is what really intrigues us. <laughs> um, it sounds all sexy and everything, but it really comes down to exactly what you guys are always focused on, too, is relationships. You know, it's the bedrock of everything you do in life. Whether you're trying to recruit a spy, you're not going to recruit a spy unless you have trust in a relationship. And you're not going to have a, a great partner in life unless you have trust in a relationship. So, so it's true. exactly all the same techniques and tools and, and understandings. And also fears, you know, because you guys are mentioning fear all the time, fear of getting burned and, and fear of being taken advantage of. And, you know, and that's what we can talk about because how do you overcome fear? You know, the best way to overcome fear is have a plan, understand what caused the fear, and then have a plan to execute so you don't have to fear again. Sounds so easy. Seriously, <laughs> easier said than done. But you would agree that no matter how many times you've been had or burned, which, by the way, I think aren't necessarily bad because it gets it sharpens your senses and your intuition. Unless it's bad. I hate to say it. Unless it's, well. Unless you get burned bad and you end up in a cocoon. Yeah, but you're that much smarter the next time, correct? <sighs> I'm I'm a believer of everything in life is an experience for growth. You know, if if life was supposed to be easy and you're supposed to stay stay put in one place and not grow, then you would do nothing. I mean, it would be the most boring thing on the face of the planet, probably in the universe. But you know, um, growth takes experiences. Experiences give you opportunities to move forward. You know, and our ability to interpret these things is what really gives us power as a as an organism and as a human being. Is you have the you have the option. You can take you know an experience where some person might say they got burned. Another person said, "Wow, I really grew from that." That. It's the same exact experience. It's just that one person can look at it optimistically about a, a movement forward in their lives that they can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who hasn't had someone that they dated really seriously at one point or another, and they felt betrayed, they got burned, and they moved on to someone else? I mean, it happened to me. I was, you know, engaged before I even got married to someone else, and I looked at that as the most greatest experience because I took all the things I did wrong in that experience, all the things that I tolerated from the other person, and I set a new set of guidelines for myself and others and now my marriage became the most awesome thing in the world and it wouldn't have been that way unless that and I didn't feel burned I felt like I grew did you apply the techniques you learned in spy school when you were <laughs> dating um no, I was actually way too young. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't start recruiting spies until about uh, nine years after we got married. I got married when I was 23. Uh, so yeah. I came in, and I came in the FBI when I was 28. So okay. yeah, a little, little while longer. Although, you know, we, you do these things intuitively. Hell, at, at 23, all you want to do is just get a woman. That was it. Pr pretty, pretty simple, straightforward. <laughs> You are correct there. But 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 that motivation, wanting to, okay, let me just say it, get into someone's pants or wanting to be loved really badly can really cloud someone's judgment. As well as hunger for a relationship. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, you know, I was listening to you all, you know, in the first segment, and a lot of these things, you know, a lot of these driving 
impetuses that we have, whether they're online dating and you tolerate certain behaviors and or whether it's in real life, it's because it depends on the amount of insecurity you have in your current station in life. And the more insecure you are, the more needy you are. The more needy you are, the more tolerant you are of bad behavior with people. And you don't and you're and you don't really want to recognize what healthy behavior is and what unhealthy behavior is because you're getting attention, because your brain is craving attention because you're insecure. So yeah. as soon as you can start working on yourself a little bit as well that cognitive thought process is going to start outweighing the emotional impulses and like you mentioned that intuition because intuition can be devastating because we are so often wrong with our intuition because it's totally emotional and emotional decisions a lot of times are not really healthy ones for us but how do you tell someone think with your head man don't think with your heart well i don't tell anyone anything you know it's one of those things that if you want to inspire someone to change behaviors, the last thing you can the last thing you can do is tell them what to do because no one ever listens what anyone tells them to do because that basically is setting yourself up as I'm superior than you, I'm smarter than you, and so let me tell you. And, and no one likes to be looked down upon. The best thing I like to do is I like I ask what I call discovery questions. I simply start asking questions, and if someone's ready to move forward, they're going to make the choice on their own. Is that the first thing I'll ask is so Hey, tell me about your relationship. Tell me how. Tell me things you like, and tell me things you don't like. And if I start hearing a whole list of things they really don't like about it. I then just ask more questions about, all right, so then why are you there? <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, so if people discover on their own that, wow, this is not very healthy for me and it's causing, you know, it's like if someone is constantly acting stressed, if they're constantly under a fog, if they're constantly feeling burdened, if they're constantly feeling controlled, I simply ask, all right, do you enjoy feeling that way? I've never had anyone say they enjoy feeling that way. And then they, if they say they don't, I said, all right, so what kind of things do you think it can do to stop feeling that way? Right. Yeah, you know, I, that, I'd say the second part of that question is what value? You must be getting some value out of it. Well, they think they're getting value out of it. Again, it comes down to their insecurities, and they and their brains are screaming for any relief they can get through dopamine release, You know, any kind of positive attention or any kind of negative attention because they just want attention. Unfortunately, they might have gotten into a pattern that any kind of attention, whether negative because of past experiences or positive, they'll take. Rather than actually setting a standard and a boundary for themselves on what is actually reasonable and acceptable for being healthy in life. Which, you know, granted, everyone, everyone is seeking comfort. You know, and so as soon as you can actually first define for yourself what comfort is and actually what behaviors are comfortable, what kind of people in your life are comfortable, then you can actually start making different decisions. Okay, so it ultimately, it comes from you. You ultimately have to trust first. What's the old saying? Trust first, then verify? No. What is it? Trust, yeah, trust but verify. Trust but verify. Yep. Trust but verify. So let's talk about trust. Let's talk about the five, your five steps to trust. So my five steps to trust, it's kind of a process where how, how can I inspire trust in others? So, so this is my behavior. So the first thing I'm going to do is I, I want to understand exactly what my goals and objectives are. you know. It, and if my number one goal and objective is to have a good, healthy, strong relationship and, 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 a, and a romance or, or a girlfriend, a boyfriend, something like that, then then I start reversing it because I, the only way to do that is you got to make it about them as much as yourself. And so you start thinking in terms of, so why should they want to? And then the second part of that is in order to really to start forming this relationship and forming trust, I actually have to understand exactly what their priorities are, their needs, wants, dreams, and aspirations, what they're looking for in a relationship. As long as I'm talking in terms of what's important to them, mm -hmm. they're actually going to be open to me. Mm -hmm. 
Next, I'm going to look in, you know, step three is I'm going to look at their context. How do they see me and how do they see the relationship through their particular optic? Not what I think it is, but what's really important is what do they see it is? You know, are they looking for something long term? Are they just looking for a one night stand? You know, so being congruent with context is also very important. Mm-hmm. Step four is I want to make sure I'm using language that is actually demonstrating that I'm focused on them as least as much as if not more than I'm focused on myself. So I'm always going to be seeking their thoughts and opinions. I'm going to be talking in terms of what's important to them. Be validating who they are as human beings, their thoughts, ideas, and, and their beliefs in life without judging them doesn't mean you necessarily agree, but you don't just don't judge them. And finally, if it's appropriate, you give them choices. And so, if you're using any one of those four things in the language when you're communicating with someone, it's about them, and their brain is going to reward them for engaging with you, and you're going to start building that trust. And finally, you know, if you're going to start a conversation with anyone, you always want to make sure you're demonstrating that you see their greatness, you see their value. So, I always like to start out with a very specific validation of a strength attribute. Interaction. So what I'm always doing is I'm always looking for what you're awesome at. You know, I, I don't poke at what you suck at because another guarantee in life is everyone sucks at something. Let it go. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't focus on it. You know, focus on the greatness. So that's the five steps I'm always doing when I'm trying to inspire trust and looking for, you know, what behaviors can I do to at least give give this relationship half a chance, you know, mm-hmm. where they might want to be around me. Do you have a list of things that cause you to mistrust? Yeah, so that goes into you know the last book, sizing people up, and so and whether it's in business, or in life, uh, or whether it's personal life and dating, you know these are things that I'm looking for that are really deep rooted signs of how strong is is this relationship and how healthy is it, because in in a healthy relationship, you know I, I think everyone would agree you want it to be mutual and fifty fifty, so these are things I'm looking for to see if they're as vested in me as I'm in them. So the sign one is vesting. You know, are they as mutually vested in my success as, they, as much as they are? And so demonstrating that through their words, actions, and, and deeds. Second, I'm looking at longevity. Are they using, you know, are they setting up longevity and talking in terms of long term? You know, like we're setting up traditions. We're talking about going to a wedding together eight months from now. We're talking about, you know, what we're going to do at Christmas next year. So those are signs of longevity. Reliability, and, and you know, and, and Trevor, you mentioned this before too. Can they actually do what they say they're going to do, and and do they actually have the diligence to follow through on it? Mm-hmm. And so you could kind of relate that both to relationship, but as well, you should see them rolling through life in a work environment to see they actually are, are providers for themselves and us, if not. Actions, actions are easy. You know, past patterns of key behaviors. You know, we mentioned that too. If you see someone doing something a certain way once, twice, or three times, mm-hmm. to have hope that they're going to change. Mm-hmm good luck. They won't, you know, unless there's another outside stimulus to cause them to change, the likelihood of them doing it the same way another four or five times is, is pretty reliable. Language, all that language I was talking about where I was seeking their thoughts and opinions, talking in terms of their priorities, validating them, giving them choices. I'm looking, are they using that language with me? Mm-hmm. And then finally, the most important thing I think is stability, sign six, emotional stability. When things, when things hit this shit fan and, and, you know, and, and crap happens as life naturally does, do they maintain a good cognitive thought process or do they go off the rails every time, blame the world around them and go crazy? Now, you don't have to have all six, but, you know, having some good strong ones in there uh, are really good. So those are things I'm looking at. Very good. As I was listening to your six signs what, what would you call them? The six signs of trust? Yeah, six signs. Yep. Um, six signs of predictability or, or trustworthiness. Yeah, sure. Okay. It sounds to me like this is all very dependent on someone's ability to listen and not talk. Oh, yeah. That's a talent. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, and as well as, you know, I'd say ability to, you know, shut up and listen, but at the same time, just the ability to observe objectively, and which oftentimes we as individuals cannot do. I like to live life with at least one beta tester, I call it. You know, beta tester where someone who's a, a close confidant, a close friend that I do trust that is objective when I share thoughts and ideas and information with them so that when I'm sharing how enamored I am with someone and I'm, and I'm giving them all the, the, the lowdown and the dope and the scoop on everything that's going on, they can actually ob objectively look at it and say, what are you doing? <laughs> or, wow, that's a really great idea. Right now, my, my, my beta tester is my wife and routinely I got to make sure I don't overreact and get angry when she tells me things I don't want to hear. But inevitably, you know, because she's not nearly as emotionally invested in some of the things I'm doing, she is, has the ability to be very objective. So I think at least one other person in your life that you can bounce things off of that can maintain objectivity is a good thing. To have. I think that is a beautiful thing to have, especially in a partner and a spouse is the, the ability to be objective and to tell the other person just the brutal, honest truth sometimes. You have to hear it. But only when it's asked because sometimes uh, people don't want it. <laughs> I'm still working on that part. Who isn't? Yeah, Robbie is quick with the brutal honesty. Well, uh, it's okay, but I can take it. Mm -hmm. I want it. I'd rather you be brutally honest than not. Mm -hmm. I mean, then, right? Well, and see that, yeah. and there's, and well, that's what you said is really perfect. So you enjoy honesty and you shared that so that so in other words, a priority of yours is brutal honesty. And so he's taking care of your priorities. Now, if you said it kills me and destroys my soul when you're brutally honestly with me, then you need to shut up, Robbie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you please repeat that? Um, <laughs> if it breaks your soul when he's brutally honest, you got to stop being. No, I, I would never. <laughs> I, I'm not a soul breaker that way. I, I would never do that. I didn't but, think so. And. I'm not volunteering it necessarily either, so. Okay, that's another episode. This is, <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, because that's where this is going to lead. Okay, so I, I got to say that dating is a lot like catching spies. Yeah. And it's, oh, right, isn't it? Wow, man, people are, they've got really good game. And. And I got to say that we've all been scammed, and so have I, because people are super smooth at what they do. And there are, I would say, some signs to look out for. Okay, you've not been in the dating world for a long, long time, and you've not dated online. In your current work, let's just say, let's just apply it to dating. Let's just say, let's say first date. Okay, you're on a first date, mm -hmm. and you know what you know. And you're, maybe you, you're watching, maybe there's a hidden camera, and you're actually watching a first date go on. Yep. What, what would you be looking for? I'm looking for uh, a few things off the bat. I'm going to be looking for, first of all, first and foremost, the quickest and easiest thing to do is listen for the language they're using. And the language I'm looking for, are they interested in me and how do they demonstrate interest? Are they seeking my thoughts and opinions, trying to discover what's important to me in terms of my priorities, and are they validating me without judging me? If I start seeing those three things going, then this is going pretty good. And we've all been those things when it's been completely opposite. You know, someone asks you what you think about something and you share your thought and opinion and they immediately shut you down. Mm -hmm. That's a bad first sign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
So I can guarantee you if they shut you down on a first date on a couple thoughts and opinions you have, here's a guarantee. They're probably going to keep doing it because they like being adversarial. They like being confrontational. Now, granted, if that's a kind of dynamic of dialogue you enjoy, then you got you're, then you're a great match. Mm -hmm. But if that's something that on that first encounter starts driving you up a wall to try to look past it because, well, she's really cute. He's really good looking. You know, I like the job they have, you know, all these other reasons that you're going to try to start rationalizing away you know, a behavior that I guarantee you is not going to change most likely, you know, you're setting yourself up for a fall at some yeah, point. I totally see that. Well, what if they're super good at what they do? What if they're professionals and their language is... But if they're adversarial, if they're if they're being... Oh, oh, oh I get, okay, I get what you're saying. If they're shutting you down oh, yes, or, yes. or kind of putting a roadblock up to what it is you're saying right. and... And on a first date, boy, that's a real red okay, flag. Right. No, if they, the chances are, if they are shutting you down and being super judgmental. And they don't like your opinion. They're not liars. They're actually just really bitter. And they're really. Or they're just n not on the same page as well, you. Well, I've been on. Well, it's, it's, and most likely their, their egos are so vastly huge that they don't think anyone else's opinion matters but their own. Generally, that's what's happening right. when someone's doing that. And so. It's again. It, I'm not saying what's right or wrong or what choice you should or shouldn't make. Just understand exactly what you're dealing with. That's exactly what you're dealing with. You know, someone shuts you down like that, doesn't value your thoughts and opinions on things, and is judgmental in these ways. I guarantee you it's because they have a really overinflated sense of ego and vanity, and their own sense of self. Again, not right or wrong. Just you know what exactly what you're in for from that point forward. And, and they not... will change. People do right. change. But it's like the you know I always I always tell about people changing. It's, it's like the Titanic. It's a very, very large ship with a very, very small rudder, <laughs> and you can change, but it, you know, the change of behavior like that takes a lot of self-awareness, and self-awareness does not happen in three dates. Self-awareness happens over you know, years and sometimes decades mm -hmm. of humbling moments in life where you actually realize you're, the lot in life you're experiencing is because of your actions and not everyone around you. <laughs> uh, if you're lucky and are enlightened enough to recognize that, yes. Yes, that's why it's a very risky game to say, I hope hope they'll change and get better. <laughs> now, we, we just talked about a first date, but let's go before a first date. Are there some warning signs to look out for when you are engaged with somebody online in a initial communication? You know, I've been thinking about that a lot since, you know, you, you guys deal with that a lot and a lot of people are dealing with that a lot. You know, I get asked a lot too, you know, how do you recognize when someone's trying to manipulate you? Um, and that can happen online or it can happen live. It's all the same thing. And basically what I'm always looking for is transparency. You know, it, it, you should, you should, I think a good rule of thumb is find and communicate and expect the same sort of transparency that you're willing to offer. And if you're willing to share because you're being truthful and honest and you're trying to, you know, and you're not, you know, you're not being one of the creepy stalkers online or, or you know, catfishing someone, you know, you're being very truthful and honest with your profile. You're being truthful and honest with who you are and what you do and your photos and, and all those things. And you should expect the same amount of transparency from someone else. And if now you are getting a lack of transparency or there's just some incongruencies in stories and, and you're getting now granted can people be really exceptional at this absolutely they can really smoke you hard but I'm looking for transparency and then when you're trying to meet have that first meeting and if they're starting to avoid you know contact they're starting to hedge things and they're starting to overcomplicate things those are great signs of we got an issue it's so true. The problem is going back to what I said earlier, that people are either desperate or yeah. needy or lonely or afraid. And 
it clouds their judgment and it they, does. It, right. And so how do Here, you get a grip on yourself or keep a grip on yourself? So the best thing, and I know this is really hard for people to do, especially when you're in that kind of lot in life where you're at a point where you're just so lonely, you're so needy, you got to take account. First thing you got to do is no one's ever alone. You know, there, there, you, I don't know very many people. I mean, maybe one or two, but I mean, there's always a family member. There's always someone that might not be a love interest, but it's a relationship that's got some healthy to it. Mm-hmm. Value the healthy first, you know, mm-hmm. I, and so let's relate to my spy world. You know, I had, when I retired, I had seven what's called confidential human sources. These are great patriots that gave me great information. These were fantastically healthy people with healthy relationships, and they gave me 120% of their effort willingly. In other words, they were vested in our relationship together, and they enjoyed it. They did all they could to be patriots and help protect our country. And I always say I'd rather have seven people that are healthy like that than trying to convince 100 people to do the same thing reluctantly. Right. So – you know, focus on the healthy you do have and don't be so needy that you're willing to lower your bar over the individuals in your life. Again, that takes a hell of a lot of self-discipline and faith because you mentioned faith before that there's people like that out there. But I guarantee you there are healthy people are out there. You just have to know what you're looking for. I so agree. Dating is like you got to be on your toes. You have to be. And yet you just have to keep an open heart. It's the hardest thing to do to stay trusting uh, stay in the faith and yet be have your feelers out and your radar up. Uh, it's yeah. really a balancing act. I, I, you can also just and, and especially you know if you're doing this online dating thing, you know I know some people do meet their you know love connection for the rest of their lives, you know. What I would say just keep it light. You know you start with things light. You keep it surface. You know you're looking for, you know if you manage your own expectations. You know, to keep it. Hey, I'm on here so I can maybe have one or two lunches, coffees, or drinks with someone. Right. And there, see what happens, and, and then and limit your own mind. That's all it's going to be. And now, once you have that once or twice get together, again, as long as they're open, honest, and transparent, they actually will get together, and they'll look look like they look like on the online photo, and they're actually matching up. Then you can actually start looking at those six signs, and then you can say, "Huh, I was only actually doing this for a date or two, but, huh, I'm a little more open right now. Maybe." Maybe a third date because I'm seeing some signs that are kind of being congruent. Mm-hmm. Then on the third date, you're saying, well, we still – you can start – keep testing now. I can test transparency. You reveal a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to match the tempo? Because like you said, the love bombing. Dude, If one of the biggest things to do in relationships is you don't want to be in, insyncratic. You know, you don't want to be out of sync with the other person's tempo of where it's right. going. I mean you can, you can talk about it. Um, to some degree, I wouldn't do it on the first date, you know, right. but you want to match that tempo. And if someone's trying to pressure and control tempo, what's control? Control is an attempt of manipulation. So don't do it. I think it's difficult today because we are accelerated. Everything is accelerated and time is invaluable. And a first date, you can keep it light. And I agree with you. You should keep it light. But does that mean we avoid subjects like politics? That we avoid where you lie in terms of your political persuasion? And so this is a subject that can we afford to wait till the third date to we, find that out? Or do you want to find that out immediately? I, I think, you know what that really depends on? It depends on where it is in your priority list. 
I mean, think about it. my own, you know, how do you maintain, you know, whether it's dating or maintaining relationships inside of families, you know, what's more important? Are you more interested in, in having a good relationship or is politics, now granted, no right or wrong, or is politics so forefront in your mind because of what you do or, or where you work or, or your belief system that it's going to be front and foremost and so it, you know there's actually dating sites that you can actually align with a lot of the things that you already align with um and i mean you can even put it on your profile sheet you know what your political things are so that way you're going to you know attract according to what your priorities are what their priorities are so i, I, I would just yeah I and think, what's that that's against transparency and you know we're, we are in a climate right now where uh politics is just permeating everything of our lives right now we can't you can't avoid it you can't say i'm not political if you are apolitical today i don't know i think your head's in, yeah, the, we're, in the sand we're, um, so we're big on um, hypersensitivity about getting politics. into that sooner than later we feel that your politics are your values unfortunately and that's what it's come down to today. it kind of is and, I, and wouldn't you sort of like to know sooner than later where someone stands and that will affect the, yeah, but you get your answer. The relationship. It might not be sexy or romantic, no. but you know who you're dealing with, sort of. It is. Yes. It is. It is interesting. Um, I actually, <laughs> I have my own, but at the same time, though, I become very curious why other people have theirs. Mm -hmm. I, I, I watch CNN and I watch Fox. You know, so I, I try to understand the context of everyone because I've been in lines of work my entire life where if I took a side, I'm going to lose mm -hmm. talking to half the people right. in the world You're I right. think are valuable. Um, so I just have a curiosity, and I've never – I have not to this day had um, someone's political beliefs, and again, you're right, it does align with their values, um, but doesn't mean that their values are wrong, it just mm -hmm. means their values might be different than mine, um, but doesn't. But I still validate it because I understand why they have why they have, and uh, I've never had, I've been very fortunate, it's never ruined a relationship, because thank God, because in my house, um, I, I, if we let politics divide that, we'd be a house divided. <laughs> oh boy, we know that, but on that note, there's no proof of anything. There's no proof of anything. But we have. Oh, thank oh, you so okay. much. So talking about all of this makes me think that dating is, it's kind of like a Tootsie Pop. The Tootsie Pop, you know, you suck it, you lick it, you lick it, you lick the it, layers. you keep licking it. And uh, you get to the chewy center. But but you can't crunch, you can't bite it. It's just you can't do that. You have to get there when you get there. And along the way... You can bite it a little bit. You, you know, hopefully, again, I mean, people, listen, I said it, I said it earlier, people find out things about their mates that, or even their business partners that right. after years and it's, what are you going to do? People are who they are. But, and it's, and I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of, even if you do get scammed. It happens. You know, no, and also, and also, especially if you've been in a relationship with someone for a while, whether it's because you're married or, or dating or been together or it's a business partner, realize this. If you've been in a what seemingly was a healthy relationship to you, if they were hiding something from you, it was because they had shame. It wasn't because they're trying to do anything to you. It wasn't about you. It was because something that they're ashamed of is because they had an insecurity about something. And so – you know, instead of getting outraged, instead of having an emotional reaction, you know, the easiest thing to overcome these negative behaviors is become curious. Why? You know, in other words, if, if someone hid something from you that you thought was wholesome, devastating, mo I can tell you most of the times that I've seen, you know, whether I'm doing espionage investigations or I'm, I'm, you know, counseling people in their businesses or even, in, you know, my friends with relationships, it's, it's because they're afraid to hurt someone. You know, it wasn't because they're trying to take advantage of you. 
99% of the time, especially if it's been a longer relationship, because they're ashamed of something. And that's why people don't share things, that's why people generally aren't transparent, because they're ashamed of something they've done because of an insecurity. So uh, be curious before you become outraged, so and you'll see that, that so uh, shields get lined down. Curiosity did not kill the cat, I don't believe. I think curiosity is a great quality and something that we should practice doing and expressing it non, and asking non, and listening. Not absolutely non-judgmental curiosity is one of the greatest ways to lower shields so how yeah. okay so let's talk about that how how do you become non-judgmental in your curiosity what what's the, what's the sensitivity there you know it, it it takes muscle memory it takes you seeing the reaction that people have when you start judging what comes out of their mouths i mean i you know i, I we i literally have a friend i grew up with that uh i i mean we were our families are best friends we were best friends and I remember one Thanksgiving, you know, him and his wife, you know, dropped what, you know, my wife thought was a bombshell by saying that they had, uh, they brought another woman into their marriage. And my wife is, you know, trying to wrap her head around this because she comes from a very, you know, you know, <laughs> just very, in her mind, normalized, you know, Western civilization, one man, one woman, kids, mm -hmm. you know, kind of situation. And as soon as he, you know, and in my line of work in the FBI, I quickly realized that if I start judging people and I'm supposed to be hopefully aligning with them, gathering information from them, hopefully having them help protect national security, if I start inflicting my beliefs on them or my context of right and wrong, they're going to shut up and never talk to me and I'm going to fail in my mission to protect our country. So you really quickly realize, shut up and get curious about why and every time i've become curious i've actually understood the context and the background and i've said huh that's pretty interesting i never i never understood it before and i remember so they dropped this bombshell on us um from my wife's perspective and and i'm just sitting there i got immediately got exceptionally curious i said so what's how's this work i mean I, really my first question was how's this work you all in the same bed um she sleep in a separate room you're like you me. Know? yeah i know i'm so curious about things like that i just yeah, fire I the curious. questions away yeah, you know, they have kids. Do the kids know? What do the kids think about it? Do they, well, I don't know if I want to know. Kids lives? Yeah, I, was, I just became curious. You know, and they, they, were, they became so open because people are used to being judged. And so when you can demonstrate that curiosity in a non-judgmental manner, shields are going down. People don't need you to agree with them. People just want to be listened to and understood. It goes That's such so a true. long way. So yeah, it takes, it's nothing you can magically do, but all I can say is I am a type A hard charging narcissist. If I can do it, any human being on this planet can do it. <laughs> um, you just made me think about something and I think it goes back to observation because when I think of the times that I've been burned, here's a, here's a really good one. Um, and this doesn't, this is, this go, it's, it's male and female. If you see someone, um, even if you're just friends with someone, and if you see them uh, do something that isn't quite to your liking or behave or act or, tr or treat people in a way that is, a, is you know, distasteful to you, is it, is it just a matter of time before they do it to you? You know, if you see, like, I, I always want to know my people. I always want to feel like I can trust them and I... I but even then, you don't know because if you see somebody acting out and being and mistreating people, if you see the crazy in someone, mm -hmm. is it is it just really seriously a matter of time before it you're going to be on the receiving end of that? Most likely because they're acting out on their own insecurities 99% of the time. And so what I do when I start seeing people treat people poorly uh, in such a way, 
I, I try to start understanding why they're doing it. You know, I, I, I will die because I, I refuse to have people bother me in my life. And if you're doing a behavior that is inappropriate and uh, not socially acceptable, the first thing I'm going to do is understand why you have that behavior. I'm going to discover your insecurity that you have. and I'm going to validate the living hell out of you so I can at least get you to try to stop that behavior. Um, and if they're not, I will then start again. I'll start doing those discovery questions because ultimately what happens when people are doing these negative behaviors to others, they're ruining relationships and they're not understanding that they can't achieve anything that they're trying to do in their lives without relationships. So in all their priorities of things that they want to do, I, that's when I start asking, say, hey, help me understand. What are you actually trying to do? And they'll tell me, I said, all right, what kind of people and who do you need in your life in order to achieve that? They'll mm -hmm. tell me, I said, all right, so how by treating that person like that, do you think they're going to be a resource for you or not a resource for you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's just really simple questions that people don't cognate, think all that often because they're so reactionary to the stimulus around them mm -hmm. based on their own fears and insecurities. Okay, so if the past is prologue then, is mm -hmm. a cheater, once a cheater, always a cheater? Or once a uh, liar, always a liar? I will say once a cheater, always a cheater, once a liar, always a liar, until there's a stimulus from their point of view that's going to cause a behavior change. Wow. In other words, if they have a consequence that is humbling from their point of view, they're going to start changing the behavior. But if they place the blame of the reaction they get on others, if they don't see their actions as a cause of things, if they don't, if they're not bothered or they're not, you know, if they're starting to edge up towards psychopathy where there's lack of empathy for the impact they have on others, it will not change. But I try never to judge people from their actions from yesterday. I'll always look at their actions today. Mm -hmm. I will, I will take account of their actions of yesterday and see if there's a change in pattern. Mm -hmm. And now here's what I always do. If I see a change in pattern, one of my first questions I have is, all right, what happened? And they said, what do you mean? I said, all right, for the last couple of years, you've been kind of a you know interesting person in this one area, and you've always been acting this one way. And, and all of a sudden, in the last couple last couple of weeks, I see a new behavior. What caused the change? If they, you know, I've had I've literally done this with people. If if they say they've they've had a you know an aha moment in their lives, great. You can say you've had an aha moment. Tell me about it, because I actually want to see if it was an aha moment from your point of view, or you just putting on a show. Right. And if if they can't actually articulate exactly what humbled them and exactly what they now incorporated in their lives to change their behavior because they know they need to add a new skill set to themselves then they're just feeding me a line and they're going to go right back to their old behavior right very interesting okay we have to start wrapping up the show unfortunately oh man i'm sorry i'm sorry I okay so robin so super quick <laughs> i used to live next door to an fbi profiler and he told me he gave me some inside information on on how to spot a liar okay and i'm gonna just run this by you you tell me if he was full shit or not maybe he was lying who knows okay if you ask someone a question and they look to the left they are they are re retrieving a memory like if you said what where were you saturday night and they look to the left they're actually really retrieving something that's true if they look to the right they're formulating a story and they, so and what I'll do yeah. is, I'm, I'm going to, what I'll do is, because I never say bad things about anyone, I'm going to validate that he actually probably was in uh, the Bureau earlier than I was, and there was a study that was done in the 80s that talked about eye movement and deception and memory recall. And in the 80s, that was like state-of-the-art things that they thought was very, very true when he was probably learning all these things. What I can tell you, though, is that has been debunked. 
uh, mm -hmm. as not factual. But here's what is factual. So here's where I will say eye movement can be very indicative sometimes, but it's extremely individualistic. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, my team, one of the first behavioral assessments I went out on as a team member back in 2001, we didn't have a lot of information on the individual that we're assessing, but we did have a video. And we had a video of him having a meeting with an undercover agent, and, and we're literally just watching this guy eat a hamburger for like an hour and a half, saying like he's an introvert, wasn't talking very much. And so all we had was nonverbal behavior, and all, all we really had was eye movement. I remember we're there, one of one of our operational psychologists, and I remember because I was a nonverbal expert guy, I said, hey, we got eye movement. And he goes, no, 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 no. He says, we have data points. And right now, we only have a couple hundred data points for this one individual. If you actually want to assess what he's actually thinking based on nonverbals and specifically eye movement alone, we need thousands upon thousands of data points and observations of what he actually does when he's being truthful and what he actually does when he's being deceptive and correlate that with the, what we're observing through eye movement. And only then might you make a educated guess on whether he's being truthful or deceptive. And then once I saw that, I was like, all right, we're just going to pay attention to what he's saying now because uh, it's a very tricky art and still the best people in the world, the nonverbal experts in the world are only 50% accurate when trying to assess deception or not deception through, and that's not just through eye movement, through all nonverbal behavior. Darn. What happens if you turn to the left? What happens if you turn to the left and cough? Uh -huh. oh, that's funny. Okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, uh, we have to wrap up our show, unfortunately, honey. So darn, it's time. Double darn. So, Robin, tell our audience how they can find you. Sure. Uh, easiest way in the world is go to my website, which is my company, peopleformula.com, all one word. On there, you got uh, what I call Death by Robin. If you didn't get enough of uh, me here, there's more me there. The keynote speeches, my books are on there that Great. you can order um, through multiple places. As well as you can reach out to me. If you have any questions, concerns uh, on anything that you just want to bounce something off me, uh, I do my best to respond, and I'm pretty responsive. And uh, there you go. That's easy. And we trust you. <laughs> and that's important. You know why? I am so completely transparent. <laughs> yeah, there's, there, you're, you're not, uh, you're not showing us anything that would be untrustworthy. So we, we, we love that. So, thank you, Robin. Thank, uh, you. thank you, honey. Thank you. You're and not full of shit either, by the way. Oh, oh. You. Oh, thank yeah. you. No, yeah. I, I you are. No. Yeah, you are so honest. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah you really I, are. I, I, no, you. I try to I, be. That's one thing I don't have to worry about. You are so completely honest and transparent. Very nice. It's just one thing off my worry plate. Okay, good. There's other shit, but no, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about you. Okay, well, again, Robin, thank you. Love you, thank you. I love you. And love thank you, you too. Love you, you too, Robin. And uh, we will uh, be back next week with another show of Done Being Single. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.